At this time, ushers, if you could please prepare to receive the tithes and offerings. And, you know, uh, I just want to say, uh, for those of you who continuously give to New Hope Church, because New Hope Church is your home church, I want to just say thank you so much. You know, I remember, uh, I think I was about 15 years old, and um, I remember it was right before Father's Day, and I was on the bus, and my friend and guys were talking about what they're going to do with their dads for Father's Day, and, and me... I didn't have my dad growing up. My dad passed away before I was born. And when I was a kid, I knew about Jesus. I, I love Jesus. But when you know, get into your t- uh, teenage years, it kind of gets a little more shaky. And I remember at 15 years old, my friend guys were talking about what they were going to do with their dads. And, and they looked at me and they're like, Ben, what are you going to do? And they went, oh, hey, that's right. You don't have a dad. And I got home and I was mad. I was so mad. I punched the wall. And I kind of told God, you know what, God, I know you're real, but I don't think you love me because why am I going through all this? And I kind of made it my, my mission from that point that, you know what, God, I know you're real, but I don't want nothing to do with you. I was pretty sure you don't want nothing to do with me. So I remember that was the moment where I walked away from God. Would you, would you believe that a year or two after, one of my best friends was coming to this church in, our, in the youth group and he continuously asked me, hey, you want to go to church? And I told him, no, nah, I'm good. I don't want to go. And eventually I came. And I remember the first night I came, and I was standing in the youth room, and they're doing worship. And I'm kind of just standing and going, Lord, if you really love me, prove it. If you really love me, prove it. And what I, can I tell you this? 17 years after He's continuously proving it. And I thank you because what I learned was this. Although I may not have had an earthly father to be there to help me become a man, I realized I had a heavenly father who was always watching me, no matter what. Even when I was 15 years old and I turned my back on him, he never turned his back on me. And I thank you guys so much because when I became a father myself, it was like the Lord said, I'm still with you. I would have never, that would have never happened if people didn't invest in the youth ministry, if, if people didn't invest in what God was doing here at New Hope Church. And that's what I want to tell you, is that when we give to, the God, when we give to our Father in heaven, there is no way that we can ever outgive him. He continuously outgives us. And on this day that we call Father's Day, it's such an honor to understand and know that no matter where we're at in our lives, he loves us. Now, you might be visiting us for the very first time, and if that's you this morning, we ask that you don't feel obligated to give. In fact, receive this service to help you in your walk with the Lord. If you're visiting us from another church, we want to encourage you to give wherever you attend church services regularly. But if you call New Hope Church your home church, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you. And on behalf of my kids and my family, I thank you as well, especially on this day we call Father's Day for investing in what the Father wants to do in the lives of all of his children. Amen. Would you bow your heads as we pray for our tithes and offerings? Lord, we come before you on this day that we call Father's Day, Lord, and we just thank you, Lord. We want to stop and say thank you for everything. Because, Lord, you are a good Father. And, Lord, what a joy it is to know that no matter what, you always love us. And so, Lord, this morning as we give you our tithes and offerings, Lord, we do so knowing that, Lord, we will never outgive you. You always will outgive us. And when you do that, you restore 
lives. You bring love to those who don't feel loved and you bring hope to those who feel like they have no hope. Even for a 15-year-old kid, Lord, you continue to change lives. You continuously prove how much you love us. And so, Lord, for those who give, Lord, let them know that what we do right now as we partner with you is that more and more people would come to know the love of our Father in heaven. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for this day. May you bless each and every one of us here in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Ben. I'm going to have you stick around for a little bit. Okay. Uh, we are concluding our series today uh, called The Family of God, and we're going to be talking about Our Father Knows Best. And some of you may, do you remember the TV sitcom Father Knows Best? Some no. of you, you remember <laughs> the sitcom Father Knows yeah. Best, and as the ushers go it. around, you don't, you don't. I didn't watch it. I heard about it. Okay. Yeah. So in the sitcom, which was in the, I think, later 50s or early 60s, maybe from 54 to 60, somewhere around there. Okay. So this last millennium. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's how wise. Yeah. I were watching stuff These like that. people are who know this show. But that's what the show was about. It was about a father who was wise and he gave wisdom. So. Cool. So father knows best. Which comes to today that our father in heaven knows best. So I thought maybe we can do something uh, at least creatively enough okay. to, to show if we know best yeah. when it comes to certain um, certain. What do yeah, because I think these? I think uh, well, I know for I know for myself. I think dads often are the ones that tell the best jokes. Right? That's what it is. Yes. Right. Dads come up and it's like when I tell I mean the best. I mean like the ones who are like ha ha. Why? Oh, those. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> like it's so like it's so like yeah. not funny that it becomes. Yeah. Funny. It's so ah, yeah, yeah. It's just you know it's, it's like the thing it, you it, have to it. laugh at, right? Like ha ha, dad. That's so. Funny. Or, or if you have a dad who tells the same joke all the time, yeah. but to different people, but you just hear it all the time, or the yeah. same story, and you must laugh because well, you're the right, child. Right. For the 465,000th time, dad, we've heard this joke. Right, right. I heard this story, dad. Yeah. And it always yeah. gets better, yeah. though. Yeah. So we're going to try to make each other laugh, right? Yes, yes. Okay, yes. So okay. Explain, explain what we're about to do so, for today. So we have a bunch of uh, jokes, and we're going to try to make each other laugh. Now, you guys definitely can laugh. Um, with us, but yeah. it only so we get a point. If if, each, if if we make the other person laugh, then we get a point. But okay. this is the kind of game that the points don't matter because okay. we just want to laugh okay. or not laugh. Are you ready? Right, but we but we're still having points, but we keep it in our head. <laughs> See, another thing about dads is we're competitive, I'm right? Just I'm, just no, I'm just asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can laugh. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. But whoever gets it, will we get a ding? We sound? get a ding. We, get, we, have, we have a sound if we get. There you go. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So now, you know, let's split the room in half then. Because then when I tell the joke, if they laugh, then, then these guys get the point. Yeah, let's just participate that way. It'll be yeah, all just, in fun. Just, yeah, It'll okay. be all in fun. Okay. It's not competitive at all. Okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> They're laughing already. Somebody lost, should get a point. point right there. there we go. didn't start officially okay. yet. So once you tell your, you, are you going to go first? You can go first. You can go How first. How come you're using your phone, not the card? Because I found my own jokes. <laughs> what? That I want to use. <laughs> I'm going to have to get my own. <laughs> it's not cheating. No, that's not cheating. There's no rules. It's just finding cheating. a way to win. That's all. That's okay. Good. So um, because we're talking about father knows best. So yeah. these are the best so-called father okay. jokes. Yeah. Best dad jokes. You're going to go first? No, you go first. You go first. Yeah, you go first. Here we go. Hey, what's the difference between a poorly dressed man on a tricycle and a well-dressed man on a bicycle? I have no idea. A tire. 
Why? Cha-ching! Okay, <clears throat> go Eagle. This is pretty good. Okay, wait, hold on. I want to see what these are. Oh, Bro, you got two. I know. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm, we didn't start yet. That was a Kay. chuckle of him having two. Okay. Why? Why can't T-Rexes clap their hands? Is too short. Because they're extinct. You know you want to laugh. I can see it in your face. I was going to say, it's, it's funny, but it's also a fact. That, that is true. Okay. What do you call a man with no body and no nose? <laughs> Whoa. We both Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Whoa, I got to really hold it in. Okay. Is it nobody knows? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's good. I see where this joke is going. Okay, this is good. Okay. Okay. It's your turn. This is good. I see Have you ever thing. tried to eat a clock? What? Have you ever tried to eat a clock? It's very time consuming. <laughs> wow. Just saying. You came up with that. I didn't. I got it online. My goodness. I'm going to pray for you. What's the difference between the bird flu and the swine flu? One is birds and one is pigs, right? Swine is, bir um, uh, swine is pig, right? I don't know. One requires tweetment and the other requires oinkment. <laughs> hey, that was good. It was good. Moving on. Yeah, that one is good. It's hard to say tweetment. Yeah, tweetment. Yep. Tweetment. Try to say requires tweetment. Re I can't even say requires. Oh, yeah, I just said it. Requires tweetment. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, did you watch Porky Pig? Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> you All should right. get a ding. Okay, Kay. go ahead. Where do, you learn, where do you learn to make ice cream? Hawaiian brain freeze. Wow. Well, no. that's where I go. Sunday school. Oh, that was good. Don't mess around with ice cream jokes. I know. <laughs> it's not a joke. Okay, last one, last one, last one. How much does a millennial weigh? <laughs> what? Because I'm, 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 this is the first time I'm reading okay, this. I don't know. How I much does a millennial weigh? I have no idea. An Instagram. <laughs> Say thank you to Pastor Ben. <laughs> so, is that it? I lost. I lost. No, yeah. we, we weren't keeping score. Yeah. We weren't keeping score. But if you think you lost, then, well, you know, I can't do anything think, about I that. I think I'm a winner. You but in that round, I lost. So it's all good. You're a winner. Thank you, Pastor Ben. Thank you so much, sir. Appreciate you. Hey, fathers do know best. So when we think about, you know, wisdom and, 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 and thinking about Father's Day, wouldn't it be great if we were given all the wisdom from God? Like he could just download it to us. As, as even though it may not make sense at the time, and we would know that this is definitely from God. Or there's a way that God does that. And it doesn't come to us all at one time because if we, if we get all the information from God one time, we wouldn't be able to contain it. I mean, if, even if we were to get a little bit of the wisdom of God, even that, just like half, we wouldn't be able to contain it. I myself, as a dad, as a husband, as a man, when Heidi tells me to get something at the store, 
Like she'll say, can you pick up bread? I'll say, absolutely. Then she'll say, oh, get the wheat bread. But the whole grain wheat bread, I got to start writing stuff down. And that's just one simple thing. Imagine if God gave us all the wisdom that he has one time. We wouldn't be able to contain it. So you know what God does? He gives us his wisdom word by word. He gives us his wisdom. And that's what we want to learn today, that our Father in heaven knows best. He knows what's best for us. So I thought on this Father's Day, because some of us, we do like sports. Mothers, you love sports too. I think we all have some type of um, uh, uh, sport or some type of entertainment that we, we uh, gravitate towards, whether it's some type of show on Netflix or maybe you, you enjoy uh, uh, some sports team or you have a favorite sports team. Maybe right now you're watching you know, the U.S. Open. Well, not right now. Right? No one's, some of you are right now? Okay, just, because I know on our phones, we have everything on our phones, but we all have some type of interest when it comes to some sort of sport or entertainment. And this morning I thought, why not pull from some of sports' greatest highlights, some principles that we can learn that God himself teaches us. In other words, Whenever we have God's word in us and whenever we have this relationship with God and we have this foundation with God, then when he teaches us something, because we have this foundation, we're able to learn it. Like have you ever went to a movie and it's so good but you take a principle from it and God speaks to you through that? There are certain movies that will come out. They spend hundreds of millions of dollars on it but there will be some kind of moral principle to it and you connect it with your relationship with God. It's like, wow, God, I can see how I can be. Or maybe my life can be different because of what I just watched. Not to replace God's word, but when God's word is placed in us, he can teach us through nature. He can teach us through others' examples. It's like when we're so connected to God, he can teach us through anything. And he even says in his word, if you're not connected from connected to me, you can do absolutely nothing because he is the vine, we are, we are the branches. And together with him, we can bear much fruit, which means we can be productive in our lives. We can, we can be successful without, without the, the so-called definition of success in the ways of the world. We can be successful in the ways of God. So I'm gonna show a couple of highlights and take some principles from there as we learn about our Father in heaven that he knows what's best for us. And the first thing we're going to learn is that God's word, if you think about it, God's word is the best wisdom for us. It's the best wisdom. Now think about it. Dads, here are some things that you probably would not say to your children. These are things that I don't think I would have said to my children. These are things you, that you don't hear dads saying too often. And it's this. First one is, there is crying in baseball. You're not going to hear a dad say that. You're not going to hear a dad say this either. The main thing is to have fun and not win. Very rarely are you going to hear a dad say, oh, honey, so as a teenager, your next tattoo should be on your neck. Very rarely are you going to hear a dad say that. Or I don't think you're going to hear a dad say this. I will definitely not say this. Honey, I will pull over and ask for directions because I think we're lost. <laughs> you know, we as fathers, we try to say the best things. We try to give wisdom where we think wisdom is needed. And we try our very best to keep our family strong, to keep our relationship strong. But our Heavenly Father wants us to know that without His Word, we don't have wisdom. 
It may sound good, but without his wisdom, it just, it, 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 it won't work out to our very best. There's a, a, a highlight that I want to show us. This is the Chicago Bulls in 1996, I believe. This was game six between the Chicago Bulls and uh, Utah Jazz. And this is when Michael Jordan was playing. And in this clip, Phil Jackson, who was the coach of the Chicago Bulls at that time, called a defensive play. Now, if you're a basketball coach, it's very tough to call a defensive play and it works out how you wanted it to because you're dependent on the offense, whoever has the ball. So in this clip, Phil Jackson, the coach, says to Michael Jordan, when you, when you curl around, I don't want you to clear out and follow your man. I want you to stay there. Carl Malone is going to get the ball, and I want you to strip the ball from him and then take it down, steal the ball, and then make the shot. So let's, let's watch this and the wisdom from the coach. Gordon with 43. Malone is doubled. They swat at it and steal it. Here comes Chicago. 17 seconds. 17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. Timeout, Utah. 5.2 seconds left. Michael Jordan running on fumes with 45 points. At the end of the game, you got to get it out of his hands. Jordan frees himself up for a clean look. The greatest thing about Jordan is... So if you think about it, 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 it may seem like it was just an ordinary play, but they planned that. And the coach will bring a perspective that the player may not have because the player is in the game. The coach may not be as talented as the player, may not get, as paid, may not get paid as much as the player, may not have the endurance as the player. But what the coach brings is a different perspective than what the player may have. And that's what God does for us. He gives us a different perspective than we may ever have. We're on the court. We're in life. And God's from a different perspective. And he says, here's the wisdom that I want to give to you because you cannot see what I see. I see from a different perspective. That's why he gave us his word. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 tells us that the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of both joints and marrow, of both spirit and soul, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's what the word of God does. His word penetrates our hearts so that even if we should have wrong motives, his word judges the thoughts and intentions of our hearts and says, this is a different perspective that you don't see. How about making some corrections? And when we do we end up being victorious. Psalm chapter 19, verse 8, tells us that the commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. In other words, there's nothing confusing about the word of God except that we may not be there yet. We might be learning it, but his word is clear. In 19, excuse me, 2008 at the Olympics, it was, it was the 100-meter uh, uh, butterfly uh, swim that, butterfly stroke swim, that Michael Phelps was going to receive another gold medal, potentially another gold medal. He was on his way to receive eight gold medals and break the record. Well, in this race with Cavage, he is one hundredth of a second ahead than his opponent. And not necessarily ahead as in, I'm further ahead than you. He was actually behind. 
But they both knew, and they all did, all the swimmers knew that it wasn't if they touched the pad at the end, which was where they would have the time stopped. It was you had to push the pad. That was the difference, and they all knew it. And that's the difference between a hundredth of a second and hitting it right on the money. That costed Cavage the race. Let's watch. Phelps in lane five. So it looks like Cavage was supposed to win, and, and he actually touched the pad first, but he did not push it. And the skin on the pad, just to touch it and then push it, cost him and took one hundredth of a second, which is why Michael Phelps won, because when Michael Phelps did that last stroke and came over, he hit it hard enough by one hundredth of a second. Let's watch that in slow. Let's take a look at the turn here, see if we can pick anything up. That's Michael Kavich. We knew how fast he was going to be at the 50. He has unbelievable speed. If this was a 75-meter race, he wins it clearly. There he is right there. Then watch Phelps right there at the end. You're right, Dan. You caught it right there. I didn't think he was going to do it again, but somehow that great word you use, magical. Magical. And he took a half stroke. Look at this at the end. Watch Kavich. There's Kavich. Watch the length. He lays out on it, stays and stays and stays, and somehow he gets in there. Unbelievable. I cannot believe he got in there. And that is the slimmest of margins. You can't get any closer than one one hundredth of a second. And then underwater, here he is right there. Watch Michael. He takes that extra half stroke. That's what I thought cost him. But Cabbage took too long of a stroke. And then super servo. Look right there. You see that? There's no doubt Cabbage wins. And then all of a sudden, he's, he's magical. He is Superman. So that one hundredth of a second, that made the difference. And that's what happens when you, at the end of it, coast, but the other guy is finishing strong. That's what it looks like for us, that when God gives us wisdom, that we finish strong. That we don't just say our vows on our wedding day. We continue to finish strong every single day in our marriages. Every single day that goes by as a parent, that we finish strong. That we don't just coast because God gave us his wisdom. And time and time again, we'll come to church, God will give us his word, and instead of us saying, wow, God, that was a good word, which is great, it's the application that makes all the difference, not coasting it. Because whenever God gives us a word, it's so that we finish strong, that we have a, 
an end result. God gives us his promises so that leading up to it will finish strong. These guys heard what they were supposed to do with, the, with touching the pad, but one applied it, one didn't, and it cost the race. See, God gives us his word. He gives us wisdom. But not only that, God's timing is perfect for us. His timing is incredibly perfect for us. That's the second thing. See, God's timing is not like our timing. We're stuck in time. God is eternal. So whenever God speaks something to us, it is all about his timing because his timing is perfect. It's perfect for us. Sometimes we, we misjudge or we, we, we make a mistake. We, we try to use our own wisdom. We try to do things on our own. But then when God speaks something, that's where obedience comes in because his timing is perfect. Without God's perfect timing, we're leaving everything up to chance or ourselves. But when God gives us his word and says, hey, go forgive, uh, no, do right, uh, make things right, love on that person, encourage that person, say I'm sorry. When, whenever God speaks something like that, it's, it's about his timing. So when he speaks it and we obey it, it's not just for the moment of when God spoke it. And it's not just to obey God. He says that to us and for us, for our good, because he sees something else down the road. Years, by, years later, maybe. Maybe he sees something here, the victory here, but he says, but this is where you need to defeat it. This is where I'm going to speak to you because my timing is perfect. It may start here, but it's going to end up here. My promises are here, but when the promise comes to pass, it's here. But your timing, God, is perfect. This is where we want to be. We want to line up with his timing. I'm not going to set this one up because sports science will do it for me. Let's watch this about timing. LeBron's instantly legendary Game 7 chase down block begins when he's 88 feet away from the opposing hoop. As the play develops, LeBron covers the first 60 feet of his pursuit in just 2.67 seconds. That's a faster split than we measured from All-Pro NFL running back Jamal Charles, who LeBron outweighs by more than 50 pounds. But despite this acceleration, when Andre Iguodala accepts the pass, he's still seven feet closer than LeBron to their eventual meeting point. LeBron is able to make up the gap with a top speed of just over 20 miles per hour. And with help from J.R. Smith's defense, which delays the release by an estimated 15 hundredths of a second. At liftoff, LeBron raises his center of mass by 35 inches to get his hand 11 feet 5 inches off the ground and block the ball in a window of opportunity that lasts just two-tenths of a second. That's less time than it takes to pop a bottle of champagne. Everything happens quickly, and life goes by so fast that sometimes we don't even recognize that when God speaks, it's always about his timing. His timing is perfect. And whenever God speaks to us, we may be here. But God speaks to us here because he sees something here. That one play is probably the play that gave them the championship. Even though there was still some time on the clock for the rest of the game. That, that one timed play made all the difference. And that's what happens with us. We may feel behind. We may feel like we did things that weren't correct. But when God's word comes into our hearts and his timing is there because it's perfect, 
then we can rest assured that the victory will be there because of his timing. It's our imperfection connected to his perfect timing that makes all the difference. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, it says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. It's a time for everything. God's timing is perfect. He knows exactly what he's doing. There was a, a title fight with mixed martial arts in the UFC, Conor McGregor versus Ho, uh, Jose Aldo. And Conor McGregor uh, gave one knockout punch. And at the end of the, at the, end of the, the match, he was asked about Jose Aldo's speed and power. And McGregor said, he said, precision beats power and timing beats speed. God's precision is greater than our weaknesses and our strengths. His precision. God's timing is so much greater than how we live our life. His timing is perfect. So if you ever have to think about where you are in life, how you're doing in life. God is never concerned about our past. He's always concerned about our future and where we're heading. And today, my hope is that we would understand that his timing is perfect for us. In fact, Acts chapter 1, verse 7, it says that the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. We're not going to know everything. I'm so glad that we don't. And I don't think we can handle all of the information that God will, will, will have or want to give to us in our entire life. He's going to give it to us word by word. But his timing is so precise and it's perfect. It, it reminded me of Super Bowl 51. Patriots versus Atlanta. If you're a Falcons fan, I'm sorry about this moment. But man, you guys are leading the whole entire first half. But that's when you never underestimate the, 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 just the heart of a champion. But also where timing and perfection can come into play. Let's watch this one. Shotgun snap to Brady. Stands in. Throws down low for Edelman. Ball's tipped. And Julian diving for it. As Olford tucked in front of the receiver. Edelman has it. Did he make the catch? He, he did. You got to be at kidding. the 40. The ball was tipped by Olford. The Patriots are going to try to line up and snap, and Dan Quinn is going to throw the challenge flag. The ball was hit high in the air. Edelman leaping forward, making the grab. It's the ball it. on the left foot of Olford. He's got it. Edelman made the catch off the deflection. After review, the ruling on the field is confirmed. The receiver's hand is under the ball. The ball never hits the ground. Atlanta will be charged with their third and final charge timeout. It is also their second challenge. They have no challenges remaining. So the Falcons, out of timeouts on the challenge. So those, I mean, it was inches off of the ground, inches. That's the difference with our timing and God's timing. Like, talk about concentration. Talk about really focusing. And that's what God calls us to be. Not only is he going to bring perfection, but he wants our focus to be on him. Because if our focus is not on him, you know how the Bible says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith? Yeah, we fix our eyes on Jesus, we focus on him. Because if our eyes are off of him, and it's on one another, on someone else's faults, on someone who said something to you, or you, 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 you judge someone else, or, you, or our eyes are on other people and things, 
That's when we drop everything. But when we have a crystal clear focus on who God is and who, he's be- who we're becoming in him, then moments like that in life can be caught. And it can make the difference between failure and victory, between defeat and triumph. It's our focusing on Jesus Christ and who he's making us to be. That we're not focusing on our past mistakes or even the play that happened before or the dropped passes that they may have had before. It's this time, right now, at this moment, that's what God is looking forward to. We may have done some things in our past, but God is saying, where are you today? Let's focus on today because there's going to be a past that will come your way, a promise that will come your way that is just going to be inches from being dropped, but because you're focused on me, you're going to catch it. That's God's heart for us. His timing is perfect. His timing is unbelievable. Acts chapter 17, verses 26 and 27. It says, from one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, that he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. God's not so far from us. God will run 9,999 steps if he's 1,000 steps away from us or we are 1,000 steps away from him. He will run towards us and let us take that last step and find victory in him. He gives us his word. He knows what's best for us. His timing is incredible. And the last thing is to remember that God's way is the best way for us. His way is the best. I've, I've lived life to where I, I wanted to do this on my own, God. I don't need you, God. I don't, and I used to say, I don't need your rules in my life. Or I would say, it's too hard to follow God because there are things that I, I can do and things I can't do. I'd rather live my life however I want to. But that doesn't work. And if any of you ever lived like that, you know that doesn't work. We only come to the end result of, okay, God, have your way in me. It's called surrender, that we surrender to him. It may take some time for us to develop this relationship with God, but it's well worth the wait. It is well worth the wait. There are so many life lessons within God's plan for us, and we can only have a purpose because God has a plan for us. You know, when we think of sports, they go in with a game plan. And, and in sports, we try our very best to plan things out. But there's this one sport uh, billiards, pool, pool table, that it's amazing how far in advance you have to plan out your shot. Like you actually have to think through the shot that you're making right now, but not for that shot. You're thinking ahead. Let's watch what happens when these guys think ahead. He's going to go off. So that way. And he can do oh, it. he's made it. Really, this is it. It's all happening. He's very fortunate, period, I think. Snooker himself and then kept the three ball in. Fantastic effort from Darren Appleton. What a grinder he is today. Earl's having a chuckle to himself. This is, I mean, that's unreal. to right hand spin and try and flick it in but he could scratch that's why he's not even played the shot you know oh that is delightful that's one of the greatest safety shots you'll ever see 
there was basically a ball's width between the cushion and the orange five ball and Paggy Lyon with artistry beyond imagination found that gap I mean most people are thinking why didn't he cut the three in but you, you can't just cut the three in he'd have had to hit the cushion first with right hand spin and flick the three in but the cue ball could have tracked all the way up the cushion and scratched brilliant safety shot though so it may seem like, well, the ball didn't go in the pocket on that one. Well, there are certain shots that you're going to set up for your next shot or so that the other opponent has no shot. It's called a safety shot. So whenever you plan things out, you're not just planning for the moment. You're planning for thereafter, which is what God does. That whenever, when, when God put together our lives and he, and he thought us up and he, he imagined our lives in what it could be, he also brought in with it plans. And along with those plans, God even knew that we wouldn't do well in life. He knows where we're going to make mistakes. He knows that we're going to sin. And some people say, well, well, if God knows that we're going to sin and we're going to make mistakes, then why not just live life however I want it? Isn't everything going to work out? Yeah. The end result, though, is that we're going to die at the end of this life and then enter into a new life which we call eternal life in heaven. So we can, it's our choice. We can live on this side with God's plans that will carry us into the next life, which is heaven, eternity. And with the plans that he has for us from this point on, we can live that out. And yes, we will make mistakes. But because we're living out his plans to the best of our ability, we're doing our very best to stay on track with his plans for our lives. And the Bible says we're not just storing treasures here on this earth. We're storing up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy nor thieves break in and steal. In other words, yeah, we can live however we want to, but I'm not just living for this life. I'm also living for the life to come, that the reward's ahead. Why? Because God plans everything. We may think that this life is all we have. This is the shot that we have. We got one shot in life. God says, no, you don't. You got many shots in life. You may have one shot at this opportunity, and that may not work out, but does it change God's plans for us? It doesn't change his plans at all. We often hear that this is my plan B, but that's always been God's plan A. Yeah, but you know how hurtful it is? I got to go through this, this, and this. Right, because we're thinking on this side of eternity. I often tell my children and grandchildren when they say, when they tell me, why, why do you have to go out on a date with mom or grandma? She's called Gigi. Heidi is called Gigi, which is my wife. Heidi is my wife. And if, when they ask that question, I say, because I'm going to spend my life with her a lot longer than I'm going to spend my life with you. I'm going to live with her for the rest of my life. You're here just for 18 years and you're gone. So I better make sure that this side of my life is more invested in than this side of my life. doesn't mean we neglect this side. It means we do our very best here, but we're planning for this life. And it's the same thing with eternity. We're going to spend a lot longer of our life on this side of eternity than we are on this side of eternity. So no, I don't want to live my life however I want to. I want to live my life the best way possible for this life where all the rewards will be given, the majority of them will be given. This is where the promises of God, majority of them, will be given. It's on this side of eternity, not here on this earth. Why? Because it's too short. 
for the greatness of God's promises. We only have so much time here. So we invest in the future. Even though life is an unbelievable, crazy journey, because the journey is just as important as the joy we're going to receive. Reminds me of Tiger Woods' last championship, the Masters, where he was on an 11-year drought of no championships. And it was said of him, even sports analysts, they said there's no possible way he can come back and win a championship. There's no possible way that he's ever going to come back from back surgery, all the personal problems that he has had. There's no way he can come back with all the stress that he's gone through. 11 years. Well, this is the 18th hole of his last championship. Waited for years. Many doubted we'd ever see it. But here it is. The return to glory. This one moment was one of sports' greatest comeback stories. And he's actually playing this weekend again. But think about our story that God gave to us, the story that he has for us. We don't know the end result, but we do know the journey. And you may, you may have like a, an 11-year drought with God. Maybe you don't feel close to God. Maybe you've made some mistakes and, and you're trying to catch up or you're trying to, you're trying to reconcile and, and make things right. You're trying to do things well. And it feels like you're so behind that, that you're so down in life that there's no possible way that you could have your comeback. Well, Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us differently. And it tells us, for I know the plans that I have for you declares the... Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. God's plan, his future, his hope, his story is all that we need to strengthen us through our failures, our tragedies, our hopelessness into our greatest comeback ever. No matter what life looks like, it doesn't change God's plan and his purposes for us. We think we know. We don't. Our Father in heaven knows what's best. Amen. Amen. Close your Bibles, put away your notes, and we're going to pray for a moment if you would bow your heads with me. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you on this Father's Day that you know what's best, that we would never forget that our Father in heaven knows best. We only know so much, God. And because we only know so much, there's only so much we can do. But it's not so much of what we do, it's who we are in you. Because it's being with you, it's being in your presence, it's connecting with you, it's having this relationship with you that everything comes out of. Our doing comes out of our being with you, not the other way around. We don't do things so that we can be with you. We don't do things to gain your favor. We don't do things so that we can have you in our lives. Your grace, your mercy, and your love is what draws us to you. 
and it's this relationship with you that out of that, all these things come to pass. We seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, and everything else is added. I pray for all of our families today. I pray for your presence in our families. I pray for your grace, your wisdom, that your word doesn't return void. The word that was shared today, your, your words that were given to us, is priceless. And so as we take your word, let us not just be hearers of the word and, and say that was a great word, God, or that felt good or that made sense, but that we would apply it because that's the difference between hearing your word and putting, into, in, putting it into practice. That's the difference. That's the one hundredth of a second difference between victory and defeat. We are only victorious because of who you are. And so I pray your blessing over all these who are here today. And we want to thank you for all of our fathers today, Lord. Even our fathers who have gone home to be with you, we thank you for them, their wisdom, their guidance. For some of us, Lord, we may not have had the best father here on this earth. Maybe there were some difficulties. Lord, I pray that in our hearts that you would settle it with you as our father in heaven. We trust in you and we thank you on this Father's Day. In Jesus' name we pray and we all sit together. Amen. Amen. Happy Father's Day, everyone. We pray that you would enjoy today. Thank you, ma'am.